0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought
1: to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. namaste welcome to the conscious combo podcast i am your host and teacher pippa leslie i'm here to share everything i learn see and channel this podcast is for the conscious and curious beings who are ready to dive deeper into spirituality i am so grateful you are here Hi, guys, welcome back to another episode on The Conscious Convo. I'm excited to bring this guest back on for season two. Lindsay Lockett and I spoke last April, I think it was in 2022, and it was a beautiful conversation. We had lots of downloads, lots of questions, lots of people reaching out about that episode actually, because what we spoke about is so needed it's really popular at the moment isn't it what we spoke about last year and I'm just excited to bring you back on today because we've both grown so much and I know you've grown humongously since last year like your followings your authenticity is what I love most about you Lindsay is like you don't give a shit you just put it out there because you're speaking your truth always and I've always admired that about you and it's always been an inspiration for me so let's think like from April last year in 2022 I was still, you know, in Australia waiting to get to New Zealand because I've been separated from Chris. You were still growing your business. You were still doing the work for yourself and you've grown so much. So I'm excited to get you on today to talk about what's that been like over the last 18 months.
0: Oh, thank you, Pippa. I'm, I'm glad to be back. It's lovely to talk to you again and see what marriage looks like on you and see you in your dream house. And I'm just so happy for you and everything thank that's you. happened for you.
1: Thank you so much. I wanted to touch on a few things today but the one thing that's really really got me thinking about like what inspires me about you is your authenticity and I know you get a lot of backlash too like I see the comments and I see people you know throwing their opinion out you know which they're entitled to but just how you handle yourself is a massive inspiration so I just want to send my gratitude to you because I find it really hard to do what you do in a sense of when you get the backlash and you get the negativity is trying to stick up for myself but also not you know take the shit so yeah.
0: It's, yeah.
1: how have you navigated <laughs> that as you know and you know as an inspiration you know you are an inspirational
0: Thank entrepreneur
1: you. you know you are doing amazing things you are helping people on so many levels the 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 things you put out on social media are inspiring so many people, but they're also triggering a lot of people as well. So how do you navigate that on a daily basis?
0: Oh, yeah. So um, I have just accepted that I'm always going to offend somebody. Like authenticity is polarizing. People either love it or they hate it. People are either inspired by it or they're triggered as fuck by it. And none of it has anything to do with me. Like I'm just doing my thing, you know, and some people come into my space and they're just like, Oh my God, you're the greatest. Thank you so much. I'm learning so much. Your authenticity and vulnerability are so beautiful. And like, those are my people. And then other people come in my space and they're like, Oh my God, who do you think you are? (laughs) You know, just like, um, trying to poke holes in my story or trying to find something wrong with what I've said or trying to make me, you know, transphobic or racist or sexist or whatever. Um, and it really does just come back to like checking in with myself and just being like, okay, did I post that in my integrity? Yes. Then does it matter what anybody thinks? No. Like, because, you know, ultimately my social media is, is really just an extension of, like my self-expression. It's my platform. It's not my job to cater it to every single person who happens to find their way to my platform. They're either going to get there and they're going to love it or they're going to hate it. And, um, you know, Gabor Mate talks about how humans have two needs attachment and authenticity. And in childhood, we often, or I mean, we do sacrifice our authenticity, to retain the attachment of our caregivers, um, and when we, you know, are punished for our authentic feelings, we get spanked, we get put in timeout, our parents emotionally abandon us, they don't attune to our needs, things like that. We start to contort ourselves and fragment parts of ourselves off, trying to figure out how to get that attachment need met, and that happens at the expense of our authenticity. And so the healing journey really is about uncovering all the things that are not authentic and embodying the authenticity of who you truly are. And so when you have attachment relationships, though, then when that attachment is threatened, it triggers those same feelings from childhood of being abandoned or being punished or, you know, being isolated because of your feelings. But I don't have attachment relationships with the people on the internet, (laughs) And so there really is nothing at stake. Like there's, it's, there's no risk and sure there's a risk of like cancellation or, you know, something like that, but I've already been canceled. So like I, and I came back from it and I came back from it even stronger. So I really don't have anything to lose. You know, I have attachment relationships in my real life. Um, I do have a few really special relationships with people online, Um, but I don't have attachment relationships to my followers or to Instagram, you know, like if, if my following disappeared tomorrow, I would be like, well, oh, shit, that sucks. Guess I'll have to figure out another way to get myself out there. Like, I'll just have to get creative. You know, it, it wouldn't be like, um, you know, I wouldn't have breakdown over it or like get massively triggered and, and like start drinking or, try to attempt to kill myself or something like, um, you know, I can laugh about that because I have attempted to kill myself. I know so. I was about to say
1: that you spoke <laughs> about that last year. I was like, you can joke about it now. I'm really glad. because, yeah. Want-
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm allowed to joke about that. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, people say that the, the thing they love about me the most is my authenticity and vulnerability. And I love that so much because I feel like I felt so much of my life in a box that was inauthentic trying to be palatable and pleasing to everyone, to be a good girl, to be seen as good and worthy and pleasing to God and to my husband and to other people. And it just made me smaller and smaller and smaller. And to bust out of that box and just be like, you know what, That this is who I am. Um, I am an integrity. I'm in awareness of what I am doing. My words are intentional None of this is by accident. None of this is posted from a place of dysregulation. Like I'm grounded when I'm making these posts and when I'm sharing these videos and stuff like that. And, um, if you don't like that, you can either stick around and get curious about yourself or you can leave my space. It's really, really simple because I don't have anything at risk because I don't have an attachment relationship with these people.
1: It's interesting because the ones that don't like what they see, they still watch. They because because they, it's that need to be. Offended. Oh, they totally they still do. Loves to be offended. Like, yep. that's the mantra of the ego, isn't it? Like, how can I be offended today? And they'll look. And if you're offending them, your post will be the best thing they can do is watch and see and comment their opinions. The question that I've been dying to ask you because authenticity for me people people say I'm authentic and I do believe that I am but I work I am working on as we're always a work in progress I'm working on sharing my opinions because a lot of the time I don't I don't want to have an opinion I want to just stay open but that's also people pleasing because I don't want to feel like I am different because I'm showing an opinion that others may disagree with so I'm working through that for sure and my question around authenticity as well is how do you deal with being authentic and family's opinions you know because a lot of the time I can post things like that are really you know extravagant that are really from the heart or you know just just really beautiful and my, my, my family don't get it and that's okay and like they don't ever shun me they don't they don't ever you know, give negative comments, they're really, you know, supportive of me. But it's also that, oh, God, my mom might see that. Oh, my God, what if my sister sees that? It's like, how did you navigate your journey with family? Uh, You know, obviously, I know David's like Chris, he's really supportive of you. And he's, you know, he's spiritual like you as well, which is beautiful. I'm grateful to be in those relationships. So they understand you on that level. When it comes to like, close friends and family, how have you navigated that?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, of my almost 80,000 followers, I'm only related to two of them. (laughs) Um, my, my dad does not follow me on social media. My husband's family does not follow me on social media. My mom does not follow me on social media. I have a brother who follows me and a niece and that's it. Um, and I think, I think my husband, Some people in my husband's family used to follow me and, and they just quit at some point. I don't know when, but we don't have close relationships with them really. Um, and then I do have a few, like a handful of real life friends who follow me on social media. And I actually like that my real life friends follow me because for me, it feels like a built-in sense of accountability. Because I know that if these people, like if I behave differently online than I behave in real life, that's gonna feel really uncomfortable and out of integrity for me. And some of these friends would be people that are like, hey, I saw that you posted this and it's kind of rubbing me the wrong way. Can we talk about it? Or what did you mean by that exactly? So it's kind of a way for me to be like, I don't have the pressure to be somebody online and somebody different in my real life. I get to just be the same person all the time. And that feels really freeing. It doesn't actually feel like, Oh my God, what if they see it? And, you know, I totally understand what you're saying about being authentic and saying whatever you want to say and family seeing you, because even though this doesn't really happen for me online, because my husband's family and my parents don't follow me online, Um, this has happened with me in the real life relationship with my husband's family, um, because they're all very evangelical Christian and we're very not evangelical Christian, but we used to be. And like navigating that in a respectful way has been really difficult. And for a while there, like we didn't even really want to be around his family because, we hadn't yet figured out how to embody our own authenticity without being really offensive towards them or sarcastic about their beliefs. Because we went through a few years of like really big sarcasm about evangelical Christianity, where we would like make fun of it and roll our eyes at it. And, and, you know, obviously that's not appropriate to do and in, in front of people who believe that way, because that's hurtful. Um, although I would argue that, I have sat in rooms with evangelical Christians who roll their eyes and make fun at non-Christians and they think that they're totally justified in doing that, but that is not within my integrity. That does not feel authentic to me to participate in that. Um, so it's been interesting to like embody this authenticity and to the best of my ability without feeling like I'm people pleasing to do that, like in front of my in-laws um and what i've noticed is that like the relationship has just naturally kind of separated like we still talk to them they still come and visit us but the closeness that we once had isn't there anymore and because that closeness isn't there anymore like i was talking about earlier we don't feel like our attachment is at risk anymore because that attachment really isn't there um another thing I've gone through over this last year is that my mom stopped contact with me a year ago and it was her choice not my choice. Um and so like navigating that has been really interesting because I never wanted to not have a relationship with my mom and my mom's done some pretty fucked up shit but in my adult life, I felt like we had managed to kind of like work through some stuff. And there was stuff that we never were able to talk about that I would have liked to have been able to talk about. But whenever I would try to bring things up from my childhood or whatever, rather than being able to listen to me, my mom would just more be like, well, I'm sorry. I was such a bad mother or like, well, you, at least you had it better than I did, you know? And so this year without my mom, um has been really eye opening because even though i never wanted to not have her in my life i've not had her in my life for a year and i'm still okay <laughs> and it's just like okay i don't actually need some of these people in my life if if i have them in my life and it's respectful and reciprocal and it feels nourishing for us then that's beautiful but if it can't feel recipro- reciprocal and respectful and nourishing, then I can be okay and they can be okay. And like, so I think it was just like making peace with the fact that I once needed attachment with my mom, but I don't need it anymore. I once needed an attachment with my dad and my brothers and my husband's family, but I don't anymore. And so having them in my life is more just about like, is this what we want? this is what we both want. And my mom didn't explicitly say like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm cutting you out of my life. She just stopped talking to me and I reached out multiple times and I got met with very short one word answers and sort of a flat tone of voice. And then when I stopped reaching out, she never reached back out. And so, um, You know, I I would love to have a conversation with her. I'm open to having that conversation with her. Um, The last time we were together, I had to set some boundaries with her and I had never had the skills to do that before Um, because my mom and I didn't see each other for two years during COVID. And like during those two years, Lindsay was like indoors doing a lot of personal work on herself. And so the version of me that my mom got after two years of not being around me was a very different version than the one that she had had before. And so this new version of me, as I said, authenticity, either people are a fuck yes for it or they're a fuck no for it. And so it it felt outside of my authenticity to not set these boundaries with my mom. And so I will totally admit that there were moments whenever I was visiting her and I would set boundaries and I'm really proud of the way I handled myself. And like, I used my language very well and I stayed grounded in my body and I wasn't disrespectful and I did a good job. And then there were other moments when I will totally admit that I did not handle it in a healthy way. And I was triggered and I yelled at her and, you know, and, and I would love the chance to apologize for that. I would love the chance to be like, you know, I'm sorry. That was still a new skill for me at that time. And I wasn't totally polished and that hurt you. And that's real. And I'm sorry for that, but I'm not willing or interested in having that conversation with her. If it's just going to be her being the victim and me being the perpetrator. And if there's no responsibility and accountability on her side, And so like, I don't judge my mom. I love her. I want her to be okay. Um, I have released her. I have forgiven her. I am entrusting her to the universe and like, she is free and so am I. And if our journeys eventually come back together, I'm so open to that. But if they don't, I also know I'm okay and I'm going to be okay. And so like the relationships where I do have attachment is like with my husband and a couple of my best friends and my kids. And those are the relationships that if they went no contact for some reason or left would be devastating for me because I have attachment with them, but I also can be my authentic self with them and they don't leave me, you know, and that's something that I've never really been able to be. With my mom or or with other family members or with my husband's family is just my full authentic self without the risk of emotional abandonment or actual physical abandonment or you know not calling or texting or contacting me or something like that um and so really for me it just boils down to like noticing in these relationships that i currently have attachment with it's secure attachment um it, it's relationships where we have open, healthy communication, where boundaries are present. If we need something, it's okay to ask for it without being seen as too much. These relationships are reciprocal and they are safe. So, those are the ones I want to have attachment with. These other relationships my husband's family, my mom, my dad, um, the internet I don't have that vibe, <laughs> you know, like the reciprocity, the safety the attachment that's secure, that's not present in those relationships. And so am I ever inauthentic around those people? No, I'm not inauthentic. But I also have figured out that there are layers of authenticity that I only share with the most safe people in my life. So the internet does not get all of my authenticity the way that David gets all of my authenticity because David is proven to be safe. The internet, as we know, has not been proven to be safe. (laughs) So I'm never inauthentic, but I don't always show all of my authenticity. And that brings me to your question about opinions. Um, I think that social media has put this weird belief in all of us that if we're on social media, we need to have and share an opinion about everything. And I just don't think that's real because I have some really strong opinions about some things that I'm never going to share on the internet. (laughs) And it's not because I'm ashamed of my opinions or because I don't feel secure in my opinions. I mean, I'm always open to having my opinions challenged. I don't need attachment to my opinions, but some of my opinions are beliefs that are reflective of my core values. And so those are not going to change because they're reflective of my values and my values aren't changing. Um, other opinions are not connected to values. And so I'm open to having my mind changed about them, but I do not owe the internet all of my opinions. So I just choose to keep some to myself and I only share them with my like very close inner circle because I know that they're not going to judge me. They're not going to abandon me. They're not going to call me out publicly. They're not going to post something that I said on the internet to shame me. They're not going to cancel me. Um, So I don't know. I hope that helps with.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: How you're feeling.
1: (laughs) I have just, I'm just so proud of you. Like just listening to you. I was like, when you said you're really proud of yourself, I was like in my heart, I was like, I'm proud of you too, because it's just so inspirational to listen to you because a few things I want to touch on is the attachment. So a lot of clients that I work with, they have this attachment to how they want family to look. They want Mm -hmm. the kids to have cousins, close cousins. They want to have close siblings they want to have a really close relationship with their parents and it's not that's not realistic and I've worked with a lot of clients with forgiveness and letting go of that attachment and how it should look and what's a healthy dynamic and what's healthy for you and again you know I'm I'm actually studying my master's at the moment and it's going to help me with somatic trauma nervous system everything and it's obviously deepening my layers to like what I'm learning and my knowledge So when I get a lot of clients that come, they're very much like, you know, they've had a narcissistic mother or a narcissistic father or they've had like, you know, abusive ex-husbands or wives and they've had to like cut contact with like mums or, you know, cut contact with certain family. And then they feel that guilt because the kids are going to miss out on grandparents and miss out on but I was like, you know, they're not missing out. If it's not going to be a healthy dynamic, they're actually, you know, saving a lot of heartache from that perspective. And when they get old enough, if they want to relationship with the parents, that's on, on them because they're an adult, you know? So it, this attachment as well is just, again, it's the healthy attachment, isn't it? You know, and I think you, you, you just explain it so beautifully because the other thing I want to touch on, which I've not even spoke about on my podcast because I was scared to, is mine and my sister's relationship. It's very, very different. I love her. I respect her. I think she's a beautiful person. She's obviously, we're so different. But we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago and I was at one of my most vulnerable after I had the break in. I just lost my father-in-law and she came at me with a lot of opinions around she thinks I've changed. I'm not the same girl anymore. Because obviously, like you said, Lindsay, after two years of COVID, The Lindsay that your mum knew wasn't the Lindsay that is now, and I'm the same. So, the pip that she knows as this soft, naive, uh, insecure pip is no longer that. And I could feel it trying to drag me back into wanting to be that pip to let her feel comfortable, because obviously the pip I am now is very uncomfortable for her. And, you know, but the thing is, I was really proud of myself because I listened to her with compassion I didn't get offended at what she said and the one line that I said and I was so proud of saying this to her I said why don't because she's saying about like you know she spoke about how I've changed and I'm not the same pip anymore and I just don't know who you are anymore and I said well why don't you get to know the new me and focus on the things you'll love about me not the things you don't love about me and she it just stumped her and after the call I reflected on it for a couple of days and I did find it quite gaslighty and I just sat with it and I sent her love and sent her healing and I thought right okay and then actually I could feel that ego part of me wanting to come in and get offended oh well she said this and oh she said that how dare she did da, did that and I just thought no 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 I'm staying true to my values and like you said that integrity and being like she's okay she's allowed her opinion I put myself in her position, you know she her big sister's changed so much I'm not I'm not the same sister as I was even though I'm I'm still here you know the pip's still here and then moving on to like you said being authentic with the right people I can be authentic with Chris because I can't not be because he knows if I'm not I'm not being and I've made some beautiful friendships here in New Zealand and a couple of weeks ago there was I'm work at the moment I'm working on Separation issues with Chris, and as a lot of my listeners know, I was separated from Chris for eighteen months with COVID, and I've definitely got some stuff going on with that still. And my friends asked me to stay out in Auckland for a night, and I was just not. I just said, yeah, 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 yeah. People, please remember, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it got to like the Friday, and I was having like anxiety around leaving Chris for a night. And my therapist that week told me she said, you know, if you, you if you're around the right people you'll be able to explain yourself authentic being authentic you'll be able to explain how you feel and they will understand and they will respect it and I rang my friend and said hey I'm really having a hard time Uh, you know wanting to stay over tomorrow night stay away from Chris I've got anxiety around it and the reason why is because we were separated for 18 months and I'm still working through a lot of stuff I still will come up but I won't stay over and the response was absolutely beautiful it was like you know you could have said you know tell me this at the start you know you know we love you no matter what and it makes sense and I just want you to be honest with us and that's you know it was just a beautiful response and I was so proud of myself it was like a little be able to share something from integrity and truth and them just because I was scared as their reply I was sat in the car going oh my god are they going to think I'm like a letdown because of the beliefs around me being a letdown and a shitty friend or whatever that is you know and I thought, no, by being that, it's actually being a really good friend and sharing my honesty and truth. So what you've just said is beautiful because I can see the growth in me so much, you know, even in a short space of time, within like a month or two months, I can just see the difference in how I'm communicating better. And I totally agree with what you said about opinions, because I feel like we've got this pressure to share opinions online because we want to see who agrees with us and who doesn't agree with us. Because the ones who agree with us will like kind of our ego will be like, yay, they agree with me. But it's like, I don't really give a shit who agrees to me and who doesn't, because it's my values. It's my opinions. And it was yeah. what makes me get up in the morning and what makes me be passionate about what I do. And yeah, I'll share my opinions with my husband and you know my close friends. But online, I'll just show inspiration and what's on my heart that day. And I'm the same. There's a few things I wanted to post online. I've gone, that's not going to go down well if I post that opinion. But everything you said answered everything that I was just kind of thinking about. And I loved what you said last year when you said, and it's always stuck with me, you said that our nervous system is is like an antenna for our body. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about that because it really is. And, I was, and since you've said that, it's like I watch bugs with antennas more closely, and I see them feeling the feeling around, and they're like, especially ants. You know, like mm-hmm. we we were cleaning the garden last week, and there was this big ant nest underneath them. We were like, oh my god, they were going everywhere, and I was like, they're feeling round, and they're using their antennas to feel into the 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 uh, the you know the world around them, and that's what we're doing, and that's like yeah. what you said about being around like you know really negative down people your your nervous system's feeling that because the antennas are there just going oh and I just loved so anyone who didn't listen to our last episode can you run through that again because it's so inspirational and I think people would resonate with it on a daily basis if you treat your nervous system like an antenna you know what would you where would you put yourself in situations that you know again danger and where would you put yeah. yourself in the safe environments as well
0: yeah. Yeah. So thanks for reminding me about that. Um, I still use it all the time. Um, so if we think about our nervous system, cause our nervous systems is literally, that's how we feel emotion. That's how we feel energy. Um, and so uh, it, it really is like a radio antenna. And if you think about, you know, before all of our cars had push buttons on them, old cars used to have like the dial that you turned, you know, and you would tune in to a station And while you were turning that dial before it would find a station or maybe the signal wasn't very good, you would hear like static or, you know, or you might like a a few auto or clear audible words. And then the rest of it is like gibberish or whatever. Um, and so when our nervous systems are dysregulated chronically, And what I mean by chronic dysregulation is like that the nervous system is sort of in this chronic state of perceiving threats where threats don't exist, um, or perceiving threats as bigger than they actually are. Um, so when your nervous system is in that state, your radio antenna is like having a very hard time tuning in to the voice of higher self or intuition or God or whatever you call that. Um, the, the message is staticky. Like there's a lot of interference there because the, of the dysregulation in the body, it's creating this interference to be able to hear the messages that are coming through all the time for every single person. They're just not as clear because this dysregulation is causing all of this interference, And so we're cut off from authenticity. We're cut off from that inner knowing or our intuition. Um, We may find ourselves in these like subconscious patterns or adaptive survival patterns repeatedly that, you know, we're trying to feel better, but we're not doing it in a clear aware way. Whereas when the nervous system is more regulated, and I don't mean regulated, like you're safe and happy all the time. A a well-regulated nervous system has capacity for stress. It has the ability to bounce back after stress, which is resiliency. And it has flexibility, which is the ability to move in and out of states in an appropriate response to a threat. So that's a regulated nervous system. It's not safe and cool and calm and peaceful all the time. It's not Zen all the time. But when you have a nervous system, that's like that, that responds appropriately to threat that has capacity for stress and is resilient to bounce back after stress, the interference is much, 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 much less, much less. So you are able to tune in to the voice of your intuition of your highest self. You're able to receive the intuitive guidance, or some people call those downloads or, um, you know it's like the thing that you know and you don't know why you know it but as soon as you know it you're like whoa that's fucking true. <laughs> you know like whether it's true for you individually or if it's true for the collective or if it's true for a certain person you know. Um and so I think it's so cool to work with someone over a period of time and watch them go from this like lots of interference, lots of static, not able to tune in and hear their own inner voice or or be aware or um hear their intuition and then the process of like unburdening the nervous system unpacking trauma learning somatic practices to bring safety to the body making lifestyle choices that support all of that and then watching it as the static clears and and it's like the messages and everything just start dropping in um and it's a really really beautiful thing to watch and then their nervous systems are like a- appropriately responding to threats bouncing back after stress they can hold more. And, and when I say stress, I don't just mean the bad stress. I mean, like, you know, a really fast growth in your business is also stressful, even if it's air quotes good. (laughs) Right. Or, or like a big expansive move or getting married or starting a new relationship, like new relationship. Energy is still a stressor to the body. Um, And so even the things that we say are good can still be perceived by the body as threatening, And when that interference is cleared out and like we're a clear channel and the signal is coming in and the station is tuned in and we can hear beautifully and see beautifully, it's just, it's magic. And like, I'm really fortunate that that's the state that I'm in most of the time is like this clear, intuitive download sort of state. And so like, I don't have to follow a bunch of people on social media to receive truth. I, I receive it from myself, from my connection to spirit. Um, I don't have to take a bunch of courses or consume lots of podcasts. I hear it from myself. And that's not to say that outside learning can't be beneficial. Of course it is. But when I'm in that state of interference, like I used to be, I was. Always looking for outside sources to learn from because I didn't trust that I had it within myself. So it was like, what's the next course? Who's the next coach? Who's the next blogger? Like, what's the next podcast? Where's the answer? Where's the answer? Um, and so I follow very few people on social media. I very rarely listen to a podcast that's not my own um, or that I'm not a guest on. And It's just like, there's so much more clarity in my life because there's not all this static and noise coming through and creating chaos and confusion. Like I keep the channel clear by purposefully keeping disturbance and outside noise out. And like, it's excellent, energetic and spiritual hygiene, but it also helps me like in my day to day life. It keeps my body healthier. It helps me in my business. It helps me be creative. Um, I spend less time on social media because I follow fewer people. Like there's so many benefits to having a more regulated nervous system and really being tuned in to, you know, your, your highest self, your intuition, God, source, consciousness, whatever you like to call that. Um, because ultimately that's where all the answers are coming from anyway. And you don't need to listen to someone else or learn from someone else. If you're willing to shut off all the noise and be with yourself, um, you know, and people don't know how to do that, or they don't know what that looks like, or they have lots of stories about that or fear about that or whatever. And so then they need to work with people like you and me who can be like, I'll hold your hand and guide you until you learn to do this for yourself. And that's totally fine. But a lot of people are just perpetually needing someone to hold their hand and they never get out of needing someone to hold their hand because they don't They don't stay with it long enough to let that channel open up and let the regulation and the safety come in so that they can start getting those intuitive downloads and guidance and stuff like that. Did that answer your question? Yes, it did.
1: (laughs) I was just about to say like how much noise and knowledge is out there. Obviously, like it can be overwhelming for me. And that's when I have to stop because I'm like, I think I'm slight ADHD. So I want to start like several books and start several podcasts and never really finish. I'll finish the odd one. But it gets mm-hmm. very overwhelming for me and I, I always think, oh, I need to read this book because, and it's like, and then I think, oh, this one and I've stopped yeah. them and kind of that same energy as you where I'm like, hang on, all that knowledge is great. And obviously I'm studying my master's now, which I can focus on that and I can focus on the reading that I need to do for that. But there's so much out there, it so overwhelming. So I agree with you, Lindsay, where it's like meditating or going within, connecting to you, cutting out the noise, cutting out, because said that that dysregulation as well is what causes anxiety because you're Mm -hmm. so out of balance you're so you're not you know you're just not regulating yourself and I think that's why like a lot of adults can't regulate themselves you know they can't emotionally regulate themselves and that's why we have emotional immaturity and we can't you know we can't we can't regulate our emotions properly in relationships and communicate them properly so I love what you said yeah exactly just like you always speak straight to me My last question for you is, where do you think trauma and healing is going to be in like 30, 40, 50 years?
0: Ooh, that's an exciting question. I think trauma healing in 30, 40, 50 years is going to be way less academic. Um, I think that unless therapy makes some really big changes (laughs) um, and starts opening its you know, collective mind to more alternative things, then therapy is going to not be very popular. I mean, there's already so many people who like, they come to me and they're like, after working with you, I'll never work with a therapist again. Um <laughs> which, you know, I'm like, oh, great. That's awesome. But then I'm like, oh, maybe this means that like therapists need to make some changes, but you know, I don't blame individual therapists for that. I know that they are also working within a system and this, the change needs to be systemic. It's not necessarily just up to the individual, but I think therapy or mental health or the nervous system or trauma work in the next half decade or half century is it's going to be a lot more in the hands of the individual Um, I think it's going to be a lot less psychiatry, psychology, and therapy. Um, I think that the nervous system, hopefully in the next 30 years, is taking center stage and isn't so fringe. (laughs) Um, I'm really hoping for that. I'm certainly working to make the nervous system more mainstream. Um, I think that trauma healing is going to become much more spiritual than it is yeah i think that there is going to be a lot more um energetic work happening um i think that there is going to be you know i think those of us who do work and we call in like guides or angels or something like that we're a little bit fringe and i think that's going to become more mainstream um because i think people currently people are so just they're not having it anymore. Like the mental health system is broken, especially in the United States. I don't know what it's like in New Zealand, but like here it's a fucking shit show, you know, there's shortages of mental health practitioners and people are on wait lists forever. And then they finally get in and, and then, you know, all they want is to put them on pills and, I think, uh, I think psychedelics will be mainstream in 30, 40, 50 years, <laughs> Love that. but that, that also goes with the spiritual part of it too. Right. Um, and maybe even the like calling in other entities to help us with our work or to guide us can certainly happen through psychedelics. So I think we're like slowly, but surely on the right track. Um, and I hope anyway, I mean, my work is called holistic trauma healing. And so I really hope that wherever trauma goes in the future that it just keeps going more holistic where, you know, even really well-known practitioners, like, and and this is not a criticism whatsoever on these people, but like Peter Levine and Bessel van der Kolk, um, Pete Walker, like as much as I love and admire their work, their approaches are certainly more holistic than like more mainstream approaches, but they're not quite holistic because, They don't talk about like nourishing the nervous system, like, especially for women, like eating enough food, not, you know, to feel safe. Like when you're not eating enough, the body thinks you're starving and that's a stressor. Um, They're not talking about like using plant medicine or using herbs and tinctures um, to support like I fucking love lion's mane. If you're struggling with a little bit of ADHD, get you a lion's mane tank shirt, girl. I was thinking like, about lion's
1: mane yesterday, actually. I was going to start making okay. my smoothies because <laughs> it helps me focus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, mushrooms, whether they're psychedelic or medicinal, um, it's just not huge problems that I have with these people's work, but enough that I'm like, oh, guys, you're so close, but it's not quite holistic. Yeah. Um, And it's also, you know, they're men and that's fine that they're men. I love men, but a woman's body heals differently than a man's body. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that being more focused on like the womb healing in accordance and in sync with a menstrual cycle, um, women not feeling like they need to be and do everything that men can do and like letting themselves Rest and like embody the feminine, and you know I think that's the biggest disservice that feminism has done for us is this idea that oh, a woman can just fucking do anything a man can do, and like you know, and I think that's it's turning women into men, like it's ridiculous. There's a, there's a hot opinion for you. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, I think it, I think it will be hopefully like more <sighs> woman centered, um, hopefully more holistic. More plant medicines, more nervous system, and more spiritual is what I'm hoping for.
1: Me too. I love that. <laughs> I just felt like asking it. I've never asked that question before, but I thought it was really kind of Ooh. interesting to ask it because it's.
0: That's, I've, I've never been watching had it. that question ask.
1: Yeah, Chris and I have started a Netflix show. And it's about like time travel, and I, th- I kept thinking to myself last night watching like the futuristic of like England it's like, well, wonder where like healing will be or trauma will be in in those years. And I think it's going to be like, you probably have like an AI robot in the house. Who's your therapist walking around being like, how are you today? Do you need any help today?
0: (laughs) I just want an AI robot who will like not listen to any of my conversations and clean my house. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If they're listening to my conversations, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's uh, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. And I just, yeah, it's, I, I agree, like I think with therapists and stuff as well. It's like the course I'm doing, the masters, isn't isn't mainstream. It's not main mainstream education. It's not with the university. It's with a lady in the UK and she's she's the first ever trauma-informed master's degree. And it's in and she has like psychologists and therapists and counselors actually going to her now because they haven't got enough skills because they learned in uni, which is great. And we don't ever like think education's amazing. And I had a client yesterday who's a psychologist and she said, I, I think I want to do her course because we just get taught the basics and the theoretical stuff. But now we need all these new modalities and we need deeper shit, you know, because there's deeper shit coming out for people. So I'm excited for my master's. We just started last week and it's a whole year. So I am That's so exciting. excited about that. And just to learn more about it, because I've always loved trauma. I've always loved the nervous system. I've always loved anything to do with that. So it's, I, I agree. I think it's going to be more like, you know, people are going to be more aware of themselves for sure. And they're going to be hopefully more emotionally mature when they move through, you know, relationships and friendships, communication. And I hope authenticity will grow even more for people as well.
0: 100%. Me too. Yeah. That's what it's all about anyway. Right. Yes. Like that's really what it's all about. It's about yeah. not being who you've been conditioned to be and being who you truly are.
1: Yeah. Wow. What a great, powerful conversation as always. <laughs> that went fast. It did. I know it was like 50 minutes. Boom. I, I, We'll we'll just keep doing part three, part four, part five. Okay, I'm up for it. Let's do it. Uh, anything else that's on your heart today that you want to share with everybody?
0: I don't think so. Yeah. This is such a, yeah. Your last question is like, lighten me up. And it just makes me want to think about the future. And mm. it's just really exciting that people like you and me are going to be involved in creating that. Pat on the back. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing that work now. Yeah. So in 10, 20 years, like, I mean, I fully, fully expect that my work is going to get bigger. Um, Oh,
1: definitely. No, without a doubt, like you said, your followers are growing and your work's just getting out there and it's, it's incredible to see It's like I said, it's an inspiration, you know, you're definitely up there. One of the inspirations that I always kind of look into and, you know, you post certain things and I'll go, Oh God, I wish I could post something like that. But again, it's, I go, no, I don't need to because Lindsay's Lindsay and Pip's Pip, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's how you show up is is the inspiration for me. It's just like, you just do it and give a shit and I love it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That is it has definitely been part of it. learning to embody my own authenticity is uh going from that good girl, people pleasing, afraid of what yeah. everyone thinks of me to this just like I'm out, I'm loud, I'm proud, I'm like take me or leave me. I really don't care. Yeah. That's kind of how Love I feel it. about it.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I love talking to you always and I'll always be there following you and we'll definitely get you on for part three soon.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Pippa.
1: Thanks, Lindsay. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, guys. As always, I do. I just love talking to people and getting to know their stories and their growth and their wisdom. If you've loved this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Maybe not your family if you don't have attachments with them, (laughs) but you know... (laughs) Just share it with anyone who you think would really take some knowledge from this and wisdom. And as always, I'm sending so much love to all of you around the world. And yeah, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye, guys.
0: What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor. And in my energy activation podcast,